This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. How are you? I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Literary London. And uh, talking about, well, literary, literally, all things literally, literary in London. Uh, you know what I mean, don't you? How are you? Is it too late to say Happy New Year? Here we are in 2019. And God me, what a week I've had. Shall I tell you what a week I've had? I'll also tell you that we've got a very interesting song to come from a brilliantly named musician. He's a local boy, well, Soho boy, Clifford Slapper. Clifford Slapper plays David Bowie because would you believe it was three years ago this year that we lost the Thin White Knight. No, Thin White Duke. Him anyway, David Bowie. Let's not mention my laughing name at this point. No, we won't. Um, and uh, yeah, we've also, uh, we're celebrating the birthday of one of our greatest writers, J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, and uh, I've, it's a good excuse to play the theme from Lords of the Rings. That's really what it's all about. It's a great tune. And it's the kind of thing, I think, you know, the first sort of, the first weeks of the new year, occasionally you need to just kind of kick back and chill out. So I'm giving you that gift. Oh, yes, it's a Christmas gift this new year. I'll allow you to kick back and chill out in a few minutes' time. Um, but, yeah, it's been a fascinating week. First kind of week back to work for most of the United Kingdom, anyway. And uh, it turns out I'm now going to be taking two shows to the Edinburgh Festival by the looks of it. I, I won't bore you with that now, but it's it's going to be an interesting and fascinating time. And um, also, you may remember last time I was with you, we were talking about a thing called the Speakeasy Cabaret, which uh, Maverick Theatre produces. Uh, and it was an experiment I did. It's in a pub called The Wheat Sheaf, which is just north of Oxford Street in London, in, uh, of um, uh, Rathbone Place. Uh, and it's a pub where Dylan Thomas famously met his wife, Caitlin. Uh, it's also a pub where we start the London Literary Pub Crawl every week. And it's a good little boozer. And there's a nice little room upstairs. And I've always wanted for ages to do a spoken word event. And having been at the Edinburgh Festival last year, I, uh, which I can now say is last year, blimey. Uh, I, was, I bumped into one or two spoken word peeps. Uh, Jacqueline Haig, who's got a brilliant show called Goddess, which we're going to put on. Uh, and uh, That's the whole point. Anyway, we did an experiment three months of the end of last year to see if it would work. And it was brilliant. People just turned up. And the, the, the idea is you can come along as well if you know where the Wheat Chief is. Come along any Saturday, the first Saturday of the month. We did a three-month experiment just to see if it would work. And the rules are you can just come along and do whatever you like. Sing a song, read a poem. Uh, if you want to read a story, that's fine, as long as it's your own story and it's true. Uh, and it takes no longer than 10 minutes, then uh, come along and get involved. And we did three as an experiment just to see if people would turn up and if it was a nice kind of vibe. And it was a fantastic vibe, I have to say. So we've now booked the first Saturday of every month at the Wheat Chief Pub in Rathbone Place from now till June. Or is it July? I think it's June because I have a horrible feeling we're going to be madly rehearsing in July for the uh, Edinburgh Festival. So that was kind of cool. I also discovered a fairly cool new private members club, which has been there for 20 odd years, as long as um, Soho has. But I hadn't come across it before. I bumped into a bloke in a pub. <laughs> well, yeah, would. Yes. And I happened to mention it was the uh, it was the coach and horses, Norman's coach and horses also in Soho. I happened to mention I directed and uh, produced a version of the play Geoffrey Bernard is Unwell, which is actually set in the uh, coach and horses pub. It was a hit on Broadway and in the West End. Petro Tool took the lead part. And I happened to mention I directed it and some chap said, oh, did you? That's interesting. We, we ought to talk. Anyway, we did talk and it turns out he's involved in a little club called the Union Club. 
It's uh, a private members club on Greek Street in Soho. But it's a fantastic little space. I went in there for the first time just last week. Kind of one of Soho's best kept secrets. And all sorts of famous people floating in and out, which of course you're not allowed to talk about. Well, you are, but it would be bad taste, wouldn't it? So it's been a, bear, a fairly um, kicky start to the new year. I can also say, between you and me, we haven't worked out the details yet. I am going to be heading up, or creative director apparently is my title. <laughs> oh, yes. I oh, thank you. Um, a brand new literary festival for London. Uh, and it's going to happen in the autumn, but I'll tell you more about that as we formalise the plans. But in the meantime, it's time to get into stuff for this week. Oh, yes. And it's so... I suppose we're going to play with David Bowie. Tra- or shall I do that first? Do you know? I think I will. David Bowie, of course, died uh, It's three years ago since the White Knight left us. Uh, he was a seminal figure for uh, lots of people. And Clifford Slapper... I know, it's a great name. I bumped into at, um, it was a magazine launch actually, last year. Uh, and he's a lovely chap. And uh, he's a great fan of David Bowie. And I think he played keyboards for him. I did an interview with him last year. It'll be on somewhere on the uh, in the archives. Uh, you can hear most of these shows, by the way, on the LondonLiteraryPubCrawl.com website. There's a podcast page. And I put most of these shows up on the podcast page if you're interested. But Clifford's a lovely bloke and he made a fantastic version of Oh You Pretty Things. And so by way of kicking off the new year, I can think of no better way of doing it than by giving you this. Put on some clothes, shake up your bed Put another log on the fire for me I made some breakfast and coffee Look out my window and what do I see? A crack in the sky and a hand reaching down to me All the nightmares came today And it looks as though they're here to stay And what are we coming to? No room for me, no fun for you I think about a world to come Where the books were found by the golden ones Written in pain by a puzzled man who questioned what we were here for All the strangers came today And it looks as though they're here to stay Bye-bye. 
race Don't kid yourself, they belong to you They're the start of the coming race The earth is a bitch, we've finished our news Homo sapiens have outgrown their use All the strangers came today And it looks as though they're here to stay finish wasn't that fantastic clifford slapper <laughs> and david bowie's oh you pretty things sung there very beautifully by Catherine ellis oh and um, this is literally london now you may remember if you were listening towards the end of last year we featured a, a remarkable artist uh, called daisy campbell her father was ken campbell creator of amongst other things pig spurt uh, a, a sort of avant-garde avant-garde is that the right word to use a remarkable theatre practitioner. And um, we played some of her uh, extracts from some of her hit show called Daughter of Pigsbert, which, of course, was Ken Campbell's famous piece, as I just mentioned. Um, and what I wanted to do is bring this little chat with you, uh, interview with her, because we, we, if you were listening last uh, year, I can now say, or again, if you want to catch up, go to the com podcast page. Um, but I thought I should talk to Daisy herself about her father, well, and about everything, really. So I did. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Flipping marvellous. Coming at you from the depths of London. And I'm back in London now after an Edinburgh experience. And I had a fantastic weekend, mainly due to a chap called Ken Campbell, who sadly is no longer with us. Um, uh, But we've had an incredible um, celebration of his life. And I'm with Daisy, who is his daughter. Just explain to anyone that doesn't know who Ken Campbell is, who your dad was, what he did. Oh, man, that's such a massive (laughs) question. Okay, well, it took an entire weekend to just begin to scratch the surface. But... um, who was my dad? He was a theatre man. He was a, he was a maverick of the theatre. Uh, he died it's 10 years ago now. It was 10 years ago yesterday, in fact, exactly. So that's why this, this weekend has been this weekend. And I always say, you know, everyone has a birthday, but you've got to be fairly special to have a death day, you know. And that's, he def- this has been his, his sort of great 10th death day. Um, and uh, he inspired untold amounts of people to, to dare themselves to do things that they would, to go through the wall 
wall. We were watching a film this morning of him talking about how you've got to get through the wall that's in your own mind and over to the other side where anything is possible and everything is funny. And he was, his background was theatre? What was his background? No, he was theatre. He was a, he was a, he was a theatre man through and through. And uh, yeah, it actually went to RADA and, you know, did the thing, but came from Ilford in Essex. So it was a kind of working class man at, at RADA and sort of um, uh, became very uh, disillusioned with the fact that at the time they were all having to speak like this. And he said, it's like they're all trying to speak like they're listening to the sound of their own voice. And so he decided to embrace his kind of nasal Essex roots and, uh, and went his own way. He had the Ken Campbell Road Show, which was like a touring uh, troupe. This is in the 70s of guys. And they would go to like working men's clubs and just take the place over. They might pang, knicker elastic with bricks attached to it through the thing, put ferrets down their trousers. Sylvester McCoy would hammer nails into his face. It was this kind of thing. It was you know, anything to grab the crowd and keep them in these kind of, um, you know, working men's clubs all around the country. He was doing that. And then... Um, epic shows like the Illuminatus trilogy that was 18 hours long and first done in Liverpool and was all about the idea that every single conspiracy in the known world is in fact true and uh, and then the warp the 24 hour long warp um, done in Liverpool and then in London and uh, and then later revived by me and my dad uh, sort of in the mid 90s and so um, and, and, then the, and then the one-man shows, this series of extraordinary, mind-expanding but hysterically funny um, monologues that he, that he delivered. Um, you know, that, yeah, that, always that attempt to get, get his audience through the wall with him to where he was, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of known him since 1992, since I saw a poster at the Edinburgh Festival. Ah. And, of course, he's, he's known, but I thought, oh, that's, that's the guy to, to Ken. And you've got, because you've got your own show, uh, which I saw last night, and I have to say... Cause, you were saying you don't act all the time. No, no, I'm not an actress, no. Well, you're a very good actor for well, some of them. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Just tell us about your show. Well, I mean, it's been brewing sort of from not long after he died. I had this feeling like at some point I am going to have to do a tribute show to my dad and it's going to have to be as brilliant as I can possibly make it. And this thing has hung over me, you know, for a decade. And... Um, and you know his archive is kind of a massive part of my life, and I knew it had to be uh, structured. Um, the beers arrived. Yeah, That's my the main beers thing. Right, thank, you. thank you so much. Cheers. Um, <laughs> I knew it had to be really well structured because that was one of his great, um, you know, kind of goading factors. He needed good narrative. So I was, um, yeah, I mean, it took, in the end, it didn't take me too long. I mean, I pinched quite a lot of his material for it, which was handy, but uh, that was justified within the plot. So, and it's been an in, just an enormous amount of fun to, to tour it. And it's really great. I mean, last night when I did it, obviously a lot of people in the audience had seen a lot of my, my dad's one-man shows. And so they know the idiom right away from the off, you know, and you're, you're, it's a different beast. Whereas, um, you know, a two-hour, you know, kind of bit of a mad roller coaster down a lot of arcane rabbit holes kind of show, which I think hopefully is very funny as well. Um, is uh, ooh, you know it sometimes takes a bit. We where we where are we off to here now? Um, but yeah, no, last night was fantastic. It was. It worked really well. What what are you going to do with it? Is, it? is it going on now? And what's well, it called? It's well, it's got two titles, isn't it? No, it's called Pigspert's Daughter. Okay. Um, but it when it when it went to print at the British Library, it was still in its brief phase of being called Pigspert's Child. They were the first guys to book me, and. Um, 
And so, and I changed it to Pig's Burt's Daughter just because everyone kept telling me it sounded like a kid's show. That was as simple as that. So, you know, uh, but they'd gone to print already. So that was that. Um, yeah, it's Pig's Burt's Daughter. What am I going to do with it? Well, I said to Dad, look, you can have the year. I've got, I've got three more official gigs booked. Leeds, Newcastle, and then the cockpit uh, in London on October the 6th. Uh, Leeds and Newcastle on the 9th and 10th of September. Um, so those are the only kind of official gigs I've, I've got booked. But I've sort of said to anyone, listen, find a venue, even a living room, I don't mind. See if you can get me uh, enough folk to cover £223 um, plus a bit of petrol money. I'll come. I'll do it. But only until his birthday on December the 10th. Because um, you can only, you know, sort of cathartically crap out your father so many times. Uh, before it's time to stop. Yeah, that's kind of sad. I actually was, it was quite moving that actually, when I saw you do the show, it was actually the day of his... The actual 10-year anniversary of his death, and I'd literally driven directly from, from the graveside, um, straight to the theatre and on, and it, it was it was with me, you know, it was yeah. definitely with me. Um, but I, I mean, I think everyone, there was a, yeah, there was a, there was a kind of magic. There's something about anniversaries, they're weird things, they really are, but yeah felt like a good thing to be doing. How, how was it being the daughter of Ken Campbell? <laughs> I mean, I suppose you've got nothing else to compare it with. I've got and nothing else to compare show. it with, and that's kind of what the show is about. But um, <laughs> it's and it takes two hours um, <laughs> to yeah. even begin to scratch that. But yeah, it's um, he was a wonderful, wonderful dad. I mean, that is the, the main thing. He was he wasn't he wasn't like he had an onstage presence and then a backstage kind of persona. Yeah, he could be a grumpy old arsehole, but he could be that either either publicly or privately. You know, there wasn't this kind of distinction between the public and the private. And so, you know, I'd come home uh, from having been away for, for a long time and he'd maybe have lined up all of uh, all my dirty old plates and cups that I'd just left, you know, in my room. And instead of just sort of, you know, leaving me an arsey message or something, he'd lined them up beautifully on a shelf and carefully printed out labels that said, experiment one, <laughs> the mug of coffee, experiment two, the mouldy beans, you know, this, every single opportunity he could find to just make things magic, funny, you know, heightened, it's anything. That's what he was looking for constantly, in every person he met, in every situation he encountered. Were your school friends jealous of you? Were you yeah, were they you loved coming round. Oh man, they loved coming round to my dad's. There was always a caper afoot and we were, oh good, right, well we better make a film then and off we'd all go. And You know, he had time for us as well and um, no, no, yeah, my friends, my friends love my dad. And he'd quite often have them sort of sorting. I'd, I'd come down. I was a late riser always, all my life. Late riser, come down. He'd have my school friends kind of sorting out his box files for him. You know, put to work immediately. Yeah. 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 And what was your writing process for this show? I mean, obviously, the source material is fairly obvious because it was your dad. Fairly early on, I wondered what it would look like if I attempted to make narrative itself the antagonist, and that was kind of my starting point. I thought Dad would approve of that. Uh, plus, you know, a, a lot of the material that I took was actually from Violin Time, which is the stuff that's to do with nothing, the Cathars, CERN. So we were getting a nice theme of kind of nothing, gaps, uh, things coming through. And of course, that's how I feel about uh, I feel about life. And I think everyone here, there's, there is a big gap where Ken that Ken used to fill. And he was, you know, Claudia said it brilliantly. A friend who worked with him a lot said, you know, he was the planet around which us, you know, our stars all revolved, you know, it really was, um, it was, he still, we still feel it. Yeah, I mean, we I, do I've our got... best to 
fill it as you know as much as we can. Yes, I, I got that feeling as well from just being around this last day or so. So were you a right? Are you a, so you're not an early morning writer, a late night writer? Do you longhand? Did you use a? Oh, I do everything. I'll do this. a bit of everything. Yeah, no, I, I write at the British Library, which is wonderful because oh, that's where we've just been doing the gig. Um, the only place I can write is at the British Library, even though I live in Brighton. I come, I plug into the Matrix, there's rows and rows and rows of us, you can feel the brain power going hard in the room, there's no doubt that I'll, you know, I'll sort of find myself dribbling and half asleep or raiding the fridge, like, you know, and also I can't start saying, oh, now if only I could get hold of that arcane book by Alistair Crowley, and then I'd be able to write that bit, because you just, just go and ask the desk and they'll have it for you within the hour, you know, so there's none of that, it turns out you hardly ever actually get any books from them at all, but, um, it's the only place I can write, so I go there and I go th- and I now I've realised that 98% of writing is tolerating misery and chaos. If you can get through that, you're fine. Yeah. The whole thing, you just look at a piece of paper till your eyes bleed. Exactly that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And so what next? Are you going to do another? What are you going to do now? Yeah. Next? Well, I'm quite. I like the. I like the whole. Um, narrative as the antagonist um well next is as you know in the show i somehow find myself initiating a pilgrim to cern for reasons that are not entirely clear uh, but will become so we hope and um and so um this is something that your dad talked to you about well you know on his he had this list of daddy's dreams of all the things that he thought i ought to do and one of them was oversee a breakthrough at cern so i thought well <laughs> I'll do my best to fulfil that one of his dreams. And um, so there's quite a lot of people signed up at this point. It sounds like there's going to be quite a serious pilgrimage of the neo-Cathars to go and commune with the uh, the greatest concentration of nothing in the known universe. <laughs> Which, of course, is this um, thingy body collider, this, isn't it? It is. It's, that, it's the Large Hadron Collider under the ground. I've realised as well that the, another, another of the themes that I wasn't even aware of in the show is everything is under the ground. And I've realised, well, of course, you know, we all bemoan the fact that the underground constantly becomes overground and the underground becomes overground but the one thing that can't ever become overground is the actual underground so uh, we just we're going underground yeah. i think we're going to start the pilgrimage from the manhole cover in matthew street uh, which is the the site of uh, serious magic and synchronicity it's where um, jung had a dream about liverpool at the crossing and it, it took place at the crossing point of these uh, of these streets in liverpool and it's where illuminatus was first staged it's where Bill Drummond spent his 60th birthday. He stood for 17 hours on this manhole cover. Uh, so incredibly potent is this site. So uh, my dream scenario is that the pilgrimage begins with all of the pilgrims climbing out of the manhole <laughs> cover and then to CERN. To CERN. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> oh, well, it's, it's lovely to talk to you. And, yes. uh, if anyone wants to know any more about you or about, or about your dad, best where's to start the best by, to go? Um, follow me on Twitter, at Daisy Eris. Um, or look up cosmictriggerplay.com and that will lead you through various means if you're um, tenacious enough uh, you will connect and find the others yeah. and you've got to drive back to Brown now well after it yeah after a yeah, bit well. of car- 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 was it carousing? carousing carousing I've lost my syllables carousing oh, I've found, well, I found the missing vowels the vowels <laughs> oh brilliant thank you so much for your time Daisy and well done that was a brilliant thank show thank you Richard. so much thank you yeah, thanks again to Daisy. As you may have gathered, we were outside the pub. Daisy Campbell, 
a daughter of Pigsbert, and uh, hopefully she'll uh, ride again. It was a great show. It was a great show. I am Nick Hennigan. This is Residence 104.4 FM, London's art station. Yeah. Ho, ho, I butcher my. And uh, one of the big events that we're going to celebrate right now, in fact, is a very special birthday of a very special man. I mean that most sincerely, folks. I'm talking about J.R.R. Tolkien. Tolkien, John Ronald Roll Tolkien, who of course was born on the 3rd of January in 1892, the English writer and poet and university professor who's best known of course as the author of the classic high fantasy world works that include The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. Um, a bit of background, he served as the Rawlinson and Bosworth Professor of Anglo-Saxon and Fellow of Pembroke College in Oxford, don't you know? Oh, the boy done good, from 1925 to 1945. Um, and he was the Merton Professor of English Language and Literature at Merton College, Oxford. So he did uh, Oxford, Merton College and Pembroke College. So um, also a close friend at one point of C.S. Lewis. They were both members of uh, an informal literary discussion group that used to meet in a pub in Oxford, whose name I forget now. But I know they were known as the Inklings. Tolkien won a CBE, uh, which was uh, rather nice, in 1972. And after his death, his son Christopher published a series of works based on his father's extensive notes and unpublished manuscripts. But of course, we really kind of know him for, well, Lord of the Rings. Let's face it. There is an interesting little tradition as well, which I should share with you. Uh, we've missed it this year, but the Tolkien Society, yes, there is one. If you want to check them out, uh, go to tolkiensociety.org. And uh, every year on the 3rd of January, the Tolkien Society encourages Tolkien fans across the world to celebrate the professor's birthday with a simple toast drinking ceremony. Oh, ah. You don't need to have a drink. Well, I mean, you have to have a drink, but it doesn't have to be an alcoholic drink. It can be anything. And all you need to do on the 3rd of January, after 9 o'clock, or sorry, at 9 o'clock in your local time, wherever you are listening in the world, simply raise a glass and toast the birthday of this much-loved author. And the token, uh, sorry, the toast is simply The Professor. That's all you need to do. So you stand, raise a glass of your choice of drink. It doesn't have to be alcoholic. And toast The Professor. I should do that next 3rd of January. But mainly I wanted to leave you with this. It's a relaxing and beautiful piece of music. And, uh, you know, ease us into the new year. This is from, of course, Lord of the Rings. It's the theme tune. I'm Nick Hennigan. This is Resonance 104.4 FM. Thanks for your time. If you want to get in touch, you can. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. Radio at mavericktheatre.co.uk. And I'll see you next time.